This is Betsy Jensen, and you are listening to Unstoppable Body and Mind, episode 67, Words Matter. In this podcast, we learn to upgrade our brain and understand the power of our thoughts to heal and to create the results we want in our life. Become the person in control of your healing and make peace with your life. Become unstoppable, body and mind. Hello, my loves. I hope you're having a great week so far. I'm going to be going live this week on Facebook tomorrow, which is Tuesday, June 8th at 12 p.m. noon mountain time. And on Wednesday, I'm going to do a Zoom call and I will have the link in the show notes. The time will be 3.30 p.m. mountain time and that is Wednesday, June 9th. It's a great place if you have any questions to ask me directly. If you have a question, there are chances that someone else has a question out there like you. I also love when people come on and share any of the stories of success that they've had, things that they've found helpful, that can also help other people as well. So be sure and join and we'll create this community where we can help and support each other. Okay, words. Why words matter. I saw this interesting quote by Bruce Lee. Don't speak negatively about yourself, even as a joke. Your body doesn't know the difference. Words are energy and cast spells. That's why it's called spelling. Change the way you speak about yourself and you can change your life. What you're not changing, you're also choosing. That was a lot there. (laughs) But my favorite part is where he says, words are energy and cast spells. That's why it's called spelling. So, so interesting to think of the weight that our words carry. And there are actually quite a few scientific experiments showing the effect of different words on the situation. Think of all the placebo studies. And then, of course, the water freezing Omoto did as far as um, looking at the crystalline structure of the ice when it was frozen. And he would have different words written on the water containers. And the crystalline structures froze differently depending on if there were words that were quite negative, like hate or rape or Hitler versus positive words like love and kindness and peace. The water crystal structure actually froze differently. So in the ones with negative words, the water froze in jagged asymmetrical crystals and the ones with more positive meaning and words had uh, beautiful crystalline structures that were symmetrical and fractal-like. So, and we're what, 70, 80% water? But I talk about this a lot in my second episode, The Power of Thoughts, um, and words specifically, basically thoughts are made up of words. Thoughts are sentences in our brain, at least the conscious thoughts that we have. We know that if someone is experiencing very intense emotions, it actually helps them decrease the emotional intensity by labeling what they're feeling. So if they're feeling shame, just labeling, saying the word shame can have a powerful effect on transforming the body to a more calm state. There was someone I coached whose husband was a doctor and he started telling his patients after a tonsillectomy that 
many people don't have pain. Sometimes if they do, it's quite mild and they can take Tylenol for it. And his rate of prescribing opiates went way down. And he found that most of the time people did not have pain or enough pain that they would need the pain medicine and he was not needing to prescribe it as much. It's common that when people receive a diagnosis, they report an increase of pain because as they are given language and words to describe what they are told is going on in their body as the cause of their pain, then they think about those words. I've had a lot of people talk about the degeneration and the nerve being impinged and the nerve being tethered or the labrum being torn or the bone spurs that are created. I mean, all of these words are very, very powerful. And even just hearing some of those words can cause a little physical guarding or tenseness or tightening in your body, a little bit of a reaction. We know that most people have degenerative changes in their body over time and overwhelmingly, the majority of the time, this is not the cause of people's chronic pain. And so when MRIs are read, they're looking at anything that's different than normal. So a little child's spine might look nice and have no degenerative changes, but just like we get wrinkles or gray hairs when we age, our body does show some degeneration and we know that that's not the cause of pain in most cases. So there was a research study where people had their MRI results read by a typical doctor who was telling them all of the abnormalities, any degenerative changes that they saw, any structural anomalies, which all can be true, but it could just be like saying, well, you have um, you know, wrinkles of this depth right here and a loss of collagen and, you know, all these normal age-related changes. So then compared to the people who had their MRI read by someone who called these changes normal because the majority of people do have them. So the people who had their results interpreted to them in a way of normalcy, and this is what we would expect to see, had a different reaction with their perception of pain than someone who has read all of the results to them in a way that this is abnormal and this is something that shouldn't be there. So our thoughts create our reality. I always talk about how our thoughts create our results in the world. But here what I'm talking about is how our brain interprets through the sense organs and through what we have gained from the past and learned from the past, our brain interprets reality for us. Interprets. <laughs> our brain interprets reality for us. So sometimes it can seem like we're just stating the facts and we're not realizing that these things are just thoughts, especially because our brain is so good at noticing patterns and it will form some opinions about new information into a pattern. And then we have a part of the brain called the reticular activating system, which is always on the lookout to prove the thoughts that we already have true and to disprove or disregard any information that doesn't really fit our pattern. So if we have a belief that um, people are generally mean, then we will look out for those instances where people are mean and we will disregard the times that people are nice because it doesn't fit with our belief 
And so this is part of how the brain stays efficient. It throws out a whole bunch of information that doesn't seem to fit with the pattern of things we already believe. We may say things about ourselves like, I always run late, or I'm anxious meeting new people, or I'm just unlucky, or I'm in constant pain, or he triggers me. And though all of these things may feel like they're very true statements, we want to just make sure that when you're speaking in these ways, especially if you find yourself saying always, that's a red flag that you're probably generalizing and saying something about yourself that isn't always true. Now, if it's something positive about yourself, that may be fine. But if it's something negative about yourself and you're thinking this is just a truth about yourself, like I'm always anxious meeting new people, then you can see how that will start to create a self-fulfilling prophecy in your brain. If you're already thinking I'm anxious meeting new people, then when someone new comes up, your brain already has this program of how to behave and it will neurologically and physiologically start changing your body, giving you more anxiety. So if you're thinking something that feels like truth, like I'm just not good at something or people just don't like me, but it also makes you feel uncomfortable or negative or unhappy or even physically, tighter, sick, anything like that, then I would question that thought. Even if you say it just feels true to me, that's just because you've practiced thinking it for a long time. And your brain has even focused on finding evidence for it with that reticular activating system. So of course it feels true. You've been building a case for this probably for a decade or two decades or three decades. So just because something feels true, it feels comfortable to think, I would really urge you if it's uncomfortable in some way in your body, or if you're feeling sick with that thought, that you're either believing something that's totally untrue, that you know, like you are worthy, you are lovable, or you're believing something that's just in contrast to reality. So you're wishing, usually it's wishing something hadn't happened the way that it did or wishing someone was different than how they are. So any kind of self-limiting beliefs that you may even call like part of your personality, things like that, if they're feeling negative to you, you could question them. Many people have changed from being anxious around people to enjoying social connections, just depending on how they think of things. We know with neuroscience, that our brains are always making new connections, rerouting, continually evolving and changing. So we are not set in a pattern from the past and we don't have to have our past predict our future. Another choice of words that I hear all the time is some form of, I don't know, or I can't think right now, or I'm not sure. Any of those types of statements will totally block your brain from coming up with the solution. So if you find yourself telling yourself or telling other people that you don't know a lot and it just seems like a fact, then start thinking of the things you do know. So even if it is a fact that you don't know all of the information, maybe you do know how to Google it or look on YouTube and find it out. That's what happens with me 99% of the time with information that I don't know.
I can find it out somehow. But when I tell myself I don't know, then it just prevents me from even looking. Another place I think word choice can be very interesting is when someone asks how you're doing. Do you respond fine or I'm hanging in there or I'm busy? I literally talked to someone the other day that said, I'm working so hard, I'm killing myself. You know, like this is how she's talking about her life. And even as she said it, her facial expression changed. She looked more stressed. You can feel in your body when you are using words that are painful. So if you are thinking something like, I'm a mess, that I used to even say that a lot. And I still say it sometimes, right? I'm a human, but I used to say it almost just jokingly like, oh, I'm just always a mess, you know? And while there could be evidence for that, it also brings a different feeling to my body when I say that. So when I'm very stressed, if I say something like I'm a mess, I feel disorganized, I feel overwhelmed, I feel flustered. When I say something like, I always can figure something out, that also is true. And it feels so much more empowering, so much more relaxing and calming to myself. Do you get what I'm saying? Like reality is so wide and we could describe things often in very different ways that have different effects on our body, but are also true. I've screenshotted several of these things that I'm sure you can find that instead of saying something one way, it tells you how to say it another way. So for apologizing, if you're saying I'm sorry a lot and that's something that you want to work on changing, for example, instead of saying I'm sorry I'm late, you could say thank you for waiting. I'm sorry I can't make it. Thank you for inviting me. Sorry I'm talking too much. Thank you for listening. Sorry I'm so upset. Thank you for being patient. Sorry I need help. Thank you for helping. So these little shifts of words can have a totally different effect on your body, on how you feel. That's just one example. I'm not saying that you need to take sorry out of your vocabulary, but there are ways of reframing the way, the way you talk about yourself and the way you show up in the world that could be more empowering and show more gratitude than apologies. Aging is a place where a lot of people have been taught some things are going to happen and this is just how aging works. But I try to remove any types of that forecasting about aging and talking about my age from my vocabulary if it's not serving me. So I have totally tried to remove I'm so old from my vocabulary. I find it's not a helpful thing for me to say in any context. Um, and usually it's something kind of derogatory about myself. It used to be maybe something about like feeling sore or you know, feeling more tired or my brain not working like it did. I mean, I just have removed all of that as much as possible. Like I said, I'm not a robot. So if you find me saying it, don't hold that against me. But in general, I don't like the way I feel when I talk about myself in this limiting way. And it's optional. I'm going to do a whole episode about aging because a lot of the things that we're taught 
don't necessarily have to happen, especially in painful ways. I've heard a lot of people saying that their mind gets duller with age, but that actually isn't true. That happens when you stop using your brain as much. But if you're staying active mentally, if you're doing things like crossword puzzles or dancing and learning choreography, or if you're active and involved with people and connected, your brain does not deteriorate in the same way as people who limit their life, stop doing enjoyable things. And I would imagine have the belief that as they get older, that their mind doesn't work as well. I have had those experiences where I forget what I'm saying mid-sentence. And so I've looked at this a lot. I've thought about this a lot and I've watched a lot of people. And you know what I've found? Everyone does it. I've seen it with my 13-year-old daughter. And you know what she says? I think I have ADD because that's what she hears, right? And then when I was pregnant, I would say like, oh, I have pregnancy brain or when I just had a baby, oh, a new mom. Or then, you know, it just was like, oh, I just have mom brain or I'm just so busy. I can't remember things. There's all these reasons we come up with. I even heard some lady on a podcast say like she just dissociated, like in mid sentence, she dissociated and forgot what she was saying. But I think it's just an explanation for the same thing. So when I talk to someone older who says like, as an example of my brain declining, I forget things, I can point out to them that I've actually observed this in all ages of people. And I think it's actually just something commonly that our brain does. I haven't looked up research on this, if there is any, but just in my experience, our brains sometimes forget what they're saying mid-sentence. That's why my podcasts have lots of editing and you don't see all of that. And you might see other edited things from other people and think that they don't ever do that. But you guys, I don't think it's with aging. I think it's just part of being a human. And then of course, with pain, talking about pain, the words you use with pain can influence the physiological effect in your body. So a lot of people will even not use the word pain. They'll use something more neutral like bananas or a potato. Um, the potato is back versus the pain is back. But I would also recommend just trying to limit how much you're actually talking about it out loud to people. It's not to sound insensitive. It's not to invalidate how you're feeling and it's not to diminish any of the suffering that you're going through. It is purely because the more focus and intention that you give it in your brain space, the more your brain feels that it's important and will continually generate pain. So in order to break that cycle as much as possible, you're going to not feed the fire. And part of that is talking as little as possible about the symptoms. And if you do describe them, describing them in neutral ways if possible. Now, what happens with all of those negative thoughts that you have because you've listened to this episode and now you're realizing after about five minutes that those negative thoughts are still there and it's frustrating because now you know better and you wanna change. What do we do about that? Well, my personal favorite, my advice is to pen vent, to grab a piece of paper, to give yourself 10 or 20 minutes 
to put all of those negative thoughts somewhere. So put them down on paper, the worst thoughts that you can possibly imagine, any of the junk that's in there. You can rage on the page and complain about how bad your pain is there for those 10 or 20 minutes. Or you can write anytime during the day, of course. I did this the other day when I was just feeling really negative um, and feeling lonely and feeling some rejection. And I just was kind of like doing some stuff on the computer, but I had a notebook on my lap. And anytime I had a thought that was negative, instead of trying to talk myself out of it and beating myself up for all the negative thoughts about myself that I had, I just wrote it down on the paper. And some of those things I was like, ooh, that was in there, right? Like mean, mean things that I was thinking. And I had this paper as I was doing other stuff. And then every time I noticed a self-deprecating thought, a mean thought, I would just write it down. And some of them would repeat, right? Oh, you're a loser. You're a loser. Like kept coming back up. So it's okay, you guys. Don't beat yourself up if you can't immediately change your thoughts. It's not going to be the end of the world if you're not perfect at this, because I know a lot of you listening probably have perfectionistic tendencies if you also have chronic pain or disease. So please, you guys, be gentle with yourselves with this process. It's more about the awareness, starting to shift things consciously on purpose, rather than just reacting, assuming that everything we already think is true is true and really limiting ourselves from the potential that we could reach by opening up our minds just a little bit more, shifting our words, shifting our thoughts. You guys, it's worth it. You can do it. So I encourage you this week to think about the words you say out loud. That's the easiest place to start. How do you find yourself talking about yourself to other people? You're the third person observing your brain and what it thinks is true. And especially if it's painful to you, that's where it's time to question. Is this true? Is this thought serving me? Is there another way that I can change the wording that is also true, but feels a lot less painful. Remember the Bruce Lee quote from the beginning, don't speak negatively about yourself, even as a joke. Your body doesn't know the difference. Words are energy and cast spells. That's why they call it spelling. All right, you guys have a great week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you learned a little bit about your brain today that helps you in your life like it helped me. Please be sure and subscribe and leave a review. And of course, be sure and share this podcast with someone you know that wants an unstoppable body and mind. 